Welcome back to Colt Wrangler Radio. Today, I got my buddy, Trey Taylor. Howdy. How you doing? Awesome. How are you feeling? Feel great. Feel great. Feel like a new man. Now, you're a Bayrock rider, and recently, you just broke your back, <laughs> right? Yeah, back in September, uh, we were doing a... Actually, it wasn't even at a rodeo. That's a shitty part, you know, at least... But it was uh, at a photo shoot, and uh, we were getting some action shots, and spurred over the neck, horse went to whirling, and just, I mean, brought me from the, just from the back 40 hard on my back, and I mean, there was no oxygen in the world I could get in, into my lungs. I was turning purple. I couldn't breathe. It, I mean, it hit hard, hit really Did hard. Did it knock yeah. you out? No, uh, they said, I think Luke said I was knocked out for a second. I don't remember being knocked out, but mm. uh Do you have a video of it? Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's not cool <laughs> Dude, did you, have you posted that up on your Instagram? no 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 i try not to i try not to even look at it oh you yeah. don't want to look at it yeah yeah usually yeah. any kind of like if i if i do bad i watch it a couple times and try to get rid usually i delete it i saved this one uh but usually i just i delete the video get it out of my head don't try not to think about the bad rides you know mm -hmm. if you think about the bad rides and that uh that'll leak into your uh actual your next ride you know is what i've always felt it's so the it's the mental game yeah and it's tough, and it is scary, man, because especially an injury like like that, uh, coming back the next time, that's all. I'm sure that's, as you were standing over the shoots, that was all that was oh, on your mind. Man. Well, the bad thing was, so I fly in from Montana. I get there, and I was in such a hurry to get out, and I was trying to get leather work done and everything that I forgot my glove in Montana. So I show up, and I'm getting my gear out to ride in Los Fresnos, and uh, I'm like, where the hell is my glove? And I'm like running back to the car and I mean, I can't find my glove anywhere. And so I borrow a glove that was way too big for me. And uh, luckily I, I was able to get it in my rigging though and uh, had to borrow a glove. Then I was thinking, you know, I don't even know if my back's healed. I never went to the doctor after I initially broke it and went to the hospital. I just let it heal. And they gave you a brace, right? Like a big, a big yeah, brace? Yeah, they gave me a big brace to uh, keep my back straight and everything that I wore for a few months and then um but I mean eight weeks in eight weeks in I was back in the gym working out and stuff and uh I started light and just listened to my body figure out what uh what I could do and everything if it hurt but didn't do it you know yeah and uh shit I went from there and just kept working out and it never bothered it or anything and they told me it'd be probably I think uh 10 to 12 weeks healing process because it was just a fracture uh okay and just, excuse me, just a compact fracture, but uh, it, uh, so I, yeah, it never bothered me, so I was like, I'm not going to go to the doctor and just give them more money to tell me, oh, you're good, you know, see you in yeah, a few weeks. Way. So, yeah, I just never went back, and I was like, well, I'm five, this is five months now that I've been out, surely it's healed. So, uh, I landed, yeah, I got on a younger horse and uh in the practice pin so what was your no i didn't your even first get in the practice horse pin. back the rodeo which was that, friday that, this past friday yeah that i didn't even have my glove for <laughs> Dude, and those bareback gloves are real expensive aren't they? oh man yeah especially the expensive part is getting them set up and um set, get, how do you set up a bareback glove man they go you have to pretty much unstitch it uh down the side and you'll go in and uh you build a leather, we call them a tit, but it's like a little wedge that you put into uh, right oh, by your yeah, pinky. Got, yeah. Like, yeah, it's got the big knot mm -hmm. right by your yeah, pinky. Yeah, so right. that when you run your hand so in the So that you can get stuck in there real good and yeah, get drug exactly. everywhere. Exactly. Well, you'd rather drag to death than starve to death. And if your hand don't <laughs> stay in, you ain't going to win no money, you know? And if you so, die, then you don't have to worry about starving. Exactly. To death. Yeah, yeah. If you die, you don't have to pay doctor bills, you know? So it's <laughs> you just, you just do yeah, you just. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, yeah, those getting them set up. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of guys out there that can do them. Uh, I go, Colton Wiley sets up my gloves, and uh, I think he does the best job. Really, you had to put a palm piece in, which is just a thin piece of leather in the palm to just kind of uh, strengthen up the inside of the glove. So, because we wedge our hands in there, you know, tight and don't want to rip open your hand or you know so you do some different things put a pad across the back to protect your hand so that it's not getting soared up and whatnot and um yeah so you were going you had your accident where you fractured your back like six months ago you said yeah about yeah five september so okay and then you just worked out took it chill and then your first horse back was this past friday in los fresnos yep and 
what was going through your mind? Man, well, uh, where's my glove at first? Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess you were so busy yeah. just trying I to... Was, nothing yeah. is worse than, like, stuff being loaded in the chute or, mm-hmm. like, it's coming time to, to be yeah. ready and, and you don't have your stuff yeah. together. And it just throws your mental game off. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, and that's exactly... And I'm like... <sighs> Look, I knew my hand wasn't going to come out. Like, so I really, I mean, by when I found when uh, one of the guys gave me a, he had a brand new extra glove that was in his truck, and I used like a shoestring. I found to tie it on, <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, so I mean, after that, then it was it was back to all right, like what I'm going to do, kind of deal, or or just focused on the ride and everything, and. I was pretty sure my back was all right, but at the same time, it's always in the back of your head when you, you know, your first one back, you're like, but am I, am I going to be all right? What if I land on it? What if I, you know, what if something goes bad? And, uh, well, I tested it out and by God, a horse had some kind of dirty little tricks there and she ended up getting me down and, um, landed right on my back and hard and, uh, and like I jumped up and I was like, wait, Kind of move a little bit, you know, shrug my shoulders around. I was yeah, like, that little I think, scared second, yeah, like, yeah. where, oh, man, I just might have screwed up. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and then I was like, no, I think it's good. And uh, I've actually been having a problem the whole time since I broke my back. The part that was the worst was uh, there is, I think I had, like, two ribs out back there. Mm. So that was more of a pain in the ass than the actual back injury itself. And uh, so they've still been giving me hell, but uh, I'm pretty sure that – uh, landing on my back again just it just uh put them back in because it feels pretty dang good <laughs> <Feels better now. laughs> yeah yeah exactly so what's some other like real significant injuries that you've had man i probably i think i've broken 14 bones um i uh yeah and you know i for a long time i always always like you know uh man if i didn't if i didn't get hurt you know then uh i might be somewhere this or that you know but then it's like I started thinking, and I was like, if I'd go back and done things differently, you know, and been, I've always had that mentality, go get on everything you draw, kind of that, you right. know, I was, I've kind of been around a lot of the old school guys, and that's what they did, yeah. and so most of my injuries came from getting on trash that I mm-hmm. should have even went and got on, you're not going to win on, or whatever, yeah. and, um, but at the same time, if I, you know, if I would have been maybe training a little harder than going and getting on those uh shouldn't have been a big deal it might not have won me any money and whatnot but uh you know wouldn't have came off of them i still would have rode them kind of deal but i've man i've broken i've shattered my shattered my femur that was probably the biggest one i've heard Uh, that's one of the worst to break like one of the most painful bones to break man you know initially my adrenaline was going so much that i i actually tried to get up twice and it was actually after the ride. Uh, my hand was coming the out. Arena. Yeah, my cu- my hand was coming out of my rigging, and the whistle goes off. And so I just kind of was gonna tuck and roll off of him, you know, and and uh, set a double grabbing. And when I came off, he kind of reached out and like cow kicked me and just planted on my leg. Mm. I felt like I just kind of like somebody punched me in the leg. No big deal. I tried to get up. You're trying to get up in the arena. Yeah, and I was like, oh, this ain't working. It felt like my leg was on a teeter totter, but it was like flat on the ground. <sighs> And so I called everyone out, you know, and they had to reset it and before they could even get me out of the arena because you have the main arteries running through there that you don't want to mess up, you know, and bleed out. And so by the time I got to the hospital, though, uh, man, any kind of movement, it was very painful. But that was probably the next biggest one um, and then or probably the biggest one, actually. But Is there a point where you started reconsidering, like, should I keep doing this? Not really. I mean, you know, like, I don't know. a lot of people, that's what makes them quit. Yeah. Even if they're yeah. pretty good, it's like they have their first real tough injury, mm-hmm. and then they're like, you know what? I, I don't think this is for me, which is fine. Yeah. You know? And then there's guys that it doesn't even cross their mind. Man, I, you know, yeah, it's never really crossed my mind at all. I've... I've always just been. That's what I, I know. Thought. I, yeah, like, I, I think Trey's one of the guys that's just like <laughs> sitting there, man, watching bareback riding videos in the hospital. Yeah. Oh boy. Like I'm as soon as I get hurt, I'm like, when can I start any kind of anything to make me better when I come back? You know, when can I start training again? When can I start working out? You know, whatever it is. Like I, I I'm ready to get back to it. I. Uh, yeah, I don't really. I've never thought about 
quitting and uh, I've, people ask me that all the time they're like man like don't you think you know you've you've been banged up enough you're gonna you don't you think you ought to quit now and you know think of something else to do and I'm like no because I I know I ride good enough to and that sound, might sound cocky but I know I ride good enough now you're to, a good bareback rider. to make it and to to be something and um, I look back at those those injuries and they could have been prevented if I would have been doing things differently and mm -hmm. doing things smarter, you know, making business decisions, not getting on that trashy horse or, yep. or, you know, just different things. It's all about consistency. And, exactly. and if you're getting wrecked out, yeah, you can't be consistent because then all of a sudden, Oh, well, now I can't ride for a few weeks or a yeah. few months or something like that. Exactly. It's all about that. Consistency. I mean, there's so many guys probably that I would say have made it to the NFR that weren't as good of riders as people who didn't, yeah. you know, oh, just yeah. because of, of that consist. I mean, it's such a rodeo, such a gamble. Oh and man. It's, it's like, you got to play that game. Yeah. You know, and there's a man and a lot of guys that's in rodeo. I feel like there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of hard times, I guess that come through there. They say like paying your dues or whatever, but cause there's a lot of guys out there that ride phenomenal that, I mean, just, you know, they, but then they, they don't make it. They get kind of discouraged because uh, they haven't, you know, don't make the NFR they, and stuff, and they end up quitting. And it's like, man, like, to me, like, for me, I'm like, just, I don't want to be that guy that at the end, uh, you know, when I'm old, I'm like, man, if I would have just put a little more into it. Yes. If I would have, I don't want to be that guy. That'll, t that'll torture oh, you. Oh, boy. For the rest of your and life. That's, that's like my thought. biggest fear is, yeah. like, I don't want to be, I don't want to be that old man in the bar that says, you know, oh, I could have been great. Yeah. But, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to Uncle be Rico, guy. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Coach would have put yeah, me yeah. in. XO, pigskin, clear over that mountain. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. It's that same thing. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of what got, that's gotten me just fiddling around with the ranch mm -hmm. rock stuff is like, oh, you know, I mean, I was doing it in high school and I really enjoyed it then and I was consistently going for it. And then after that, I had to like get a job and pay bills. Yeah. So I quit, you know. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I was like, man, I, you know, looking back, I wish I would have done more. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have tried a little bit harder. Yeah. I wish this or that. Oh, and yeah. I started thinking about it, and I was like, well, you know, at that time, it's like, well, you're 28, 29. Um, if you w don't have any reservation, because 40-year-old exactly. me will be like, man, you were only 28. You could have still yeah. got on some stuff. Oh, man. You could have went and had some fun yeah. and entered some shit. So that's been my thing now. It's like. All right, try to do as much now when you can, while I can, mm -hmm. so that when I'm, you know, 40, yeah. 50, I don't look back on my late 20s and early 30s and say, dude, you should have, like, yeah. why did you hold back? You know, I've always thought my deal has always been I would rather look back on life and be like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that than I wish I would have. Yes, you know? 100%. Because there's so many people, especially like I come from a small town and of a lot of people that, you know, they, they might have had like really were great athletes and stuff and really could have gone somewhere with it. But then they end up, you know, just getting stuck in that town and stuff. And instead of people, people are scared to take chances, you know, and take that step, yeah. take that step. And small towns, that especially it's your exactly. environment. But I, I say that cause I grew up in a small <clears throat> town too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'll always go back and there's always that guy there that mm -hmm. just never really left. But when I've moved to the city, uh, and started playing in bands and stuff, uh, I noticed it's the same thing there, too. Yeah. I, I, I kind of figured out, it's like, oh, a city is just a bunch of small towns crammed mm -hmm. on top of each other. Exactly. Yep. Because those people, they'll, they'll kind of stay in a small circle. They go to that same grocery yep. store. They go to the same bars in their neighborhood. You know, and so there's a lot of city kids, too, that just don't. Mm -hmm. They're in the city with more opportunity and more things going on, but they don't really yeah. leave either. They, well, they don't just really get in that comfort out. zone. Like, yeah. some, like musicians, I've seen, yeah, like you were saying, I've seen a lot of musicians that they have these handful of badass little bars and stuff that they play, and that's a steady check coming in all the time, and they're not having to go very far or whatever. It's comfortable. And then they, it's it's easy. comfortable. They get into that comfort zone, and it's like, man, it's easy. We don't have to you know, travel all over and go to this state or that state when it's like, man, you guys are badass. If you did do that and got out there where more people could see you and, you know, and everything, like you could really do something, but you got to put more into it and don't let yourself get in that comfort zone, you know? And uh, it's just like like the Cody Knight Rodeo, man. I went up there uh, my first summer and I remember uh, my buddy Heath Ford, he's like, I'd broken my hand and he's like, go up there. He's like, ride. 
and get everything right there because you can ride there every night and get on good horses. And he's like, then enter a rodeo. Once you get everything figured out, he's like, but don't get comfortable. He's like, because there's not a lot of guys entering, so there's not a lot of competition and stuff. And he's like, don't just, and I did. I you, get can up be, there. you can be a big fish in a small exactly. pond. Exactly. And that's what happened right off the bat is like I was, yeah, I was winning that sucker. And so I was like, man. It's Hell good yeah. for a time. You need that confidence but, booster yeah. for a time, you know, but But I was and I was getting on the horses I was getting on were I mean just pretty just, you know, average good horses, kind of ammy horses and um and so I could sometimes lay at the end of my arm and lay, you know, lay back and just flog at them and you know, if you spurred one half decent, you're probably going to win that deal and so I was doing that for a minute and I say, oh, I'm gonna enter Billings, I think it was. And so, or one of those rodeos up in Montana. So I enter it, and I go and I get on an NFR horse, and I mean, just gave it. Hand, I mean, I got my ass handled, and mm-hmm. uh, I got up, and I was like, ah, that's what Heath meant. <laughs> and so I exactly. went back and got focused, and was like, you know, I'm letting my free arm flop around, I'm not tucking my chin. So I started <clears throat> just working on that and trying to ride each horse like it was i was at the nfr kind of deal and and um i went back my first rodeo back was denton texas and uh i entered that deal came down and won it and you know and so yeah you you can get in that comfort zone of you know like shit this is working out i'm getting paid i'm but if you want to take it to the next level it's you got to be uncomfortable you know you have to be uncomfortable in order to sometimes to to achieve uh, like greatness at all or anything close to it, you have to be uncomfortable. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of want to, cause I, you know, shoot, I've known you just to only a couple of years now, so I don't even know really where you're from, what your backstory is, how you got in the rodeo. Yeah. Um. Well, my family. I'm from a little town. I guess technically our uh, address was Conroe, Texas, which is north of Houston, about. I don't know, probably third. Now it's like North Houston. It used to be a little town north of Houston. Right, but yeah, Houston's cute. It's Yeah, it's all out of, pretty out much connected. Oh, man. So I'm, but uh, pretty much lived in Cut and Shoot, Texas. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of people are like, is that even a town? And I'm like, it it's is spelled a town. Cut and Shoot. And uh, it's, I was, I'm from there. We lived out in the country, you know, back in the woods. Uh, but didn't come from a cowboy family or nothing. Uh, my dad was actually a professional fighter. He was like a, I think at one time he was like a fourth in nation kickboxer. Oh really? And yeah, back I think before I was born or right when I was younger. And uh, but he got disabled. Uh, I felt uh, had a scaffold collapse with him, oh, and because uh, he was a carpenter and stuff, and uh, it collapsed with him. He got kind of disabled and whatnot. He can walk around and everything, but it just messed up his. I think he broke his back. It screwed up. I don't know all kinds of stuff when I was. I was probably three or four, I guess, and mm-hmm. um, it actually happened right up the road in Austin here. And uh, so I just always, my mom always says, I mean, I played football, I played baseball, but she says, you know, I always, I either wanted to play for the Cowboys, because it was back when they were actually good, yeah, <laughs> yeah. with Emmett Smith and Troy Aitman, Deion Sanders and all of those guys, and uh, and I, she said, I always wanted to either be, be a Cowboy or play for the Cowboys, since I was a little kid. I just, I wanted to be a Cowboy, you know. And um, so I started riding some steers at a guy named Mike Kings up in uh, uh, New Waverly. And um, how old were you about that time? I think I got on some steers when I was, I want to say I was like 12, 13 or mm-hmm. something like that. And uh, then I got, I just, I never entered anything. I just went out there like every, he bucked them every Wednesday. I got to go out there like three or four times, maybe like throughout the year. Right. So, um, but we uh, then my parents they they split and we went through a big divorce so I didn't get on anything for a while because just life was hectic in general and then when I was about I was fifteen and uh, a buddy of mine called me and he said uh, he's like hey man um, you want to learn how to ride bareback horses and I was like heck yeah like I always wanted I wanted wanted to be a bull rider but then at the same time it's like I want to do it all I want to. I want to be Ty Murray, you know, like right. that's, I want to like, I mean, who don't, but yeah, who doesn't want to yeah. Be <laughs> and so, um, there's this old man, uh, Mark Johnson, he's an old bareback rider and, uh, he rode bareback, saddle bronc and bulls. 
and um, back in the day, and he had this old bucket machine that it all it did was go forward and backwards and yank the piss out of you mm-hmm. and uh like some homemade stuff. oh yeah it was yeah i think i'm pretty sure it was homemade it was in his garage and there was enough room in this garage it was about i don't know like two foot from the wall he had just enough room because the switch was on the wall that he could get up against the wall and suck in his gut and flip the switch on for you you'd about be kicking him in the head and then mm-hmm. he would, and he could turn it off right there and and uh yeah, I mean, it was a little bit. Taught you the basics on there. Exactly. And, and, uh, taught you how to set your rig in exactly. and do all that stuff right there. That's, yeah. That's a good way yeah. to do it. So we got on that, and uh, we just trained. Uh, the guy that actually was putting it on, though, was a guy named Mark Terry. He was a cowboy church preacher, and he rode bareback courses. And Mr. Johnson actually taught him. And then he was, you know, together they taught us on that machine. And then the day came, and uh, we went to Waxahachie to the Cowboy Church there. And um, yeah, what's the name of that church? I don't remember what I think it's they called. Still buck they do stock out there. Yep, they do. Oh, um, I'm trying to remember it too. Yeah, I, but they had some decent little horses, you know, especially for first time. And this was back in, I mean, I'm 31 now, so I was, yeah, I was 15. This is long 2006-ish, mm-hmm. seven something like that. I think six. Uh, but go there and um oh i was i wanted to be a cowboy so bad but uh at the same time i was terrified of horses i was so scared of horses i wanted to be a cowboy but horses scared me bulls i they didn't i could care less i mean they didn't ever scare me or nothing but they to, all scare me to get on a horse <laughs> i'm scared of all of them yeah. to be honest they've all like hurt me yeah yeah well to, i mean just to, even to get on a broke saddle horse i was like yeah scared to and mm-hmm. um well if you didn't grow up riding yeah. horses all the time exactly you know i did so and and they still scare me you know especially bucking horses but um yeah if, if you're a kid and, and you're 13 14 and then you go straight from you know just being at home to getting on bucking stock yeah that's a huge step oh man yeah and i remember i remember the day that we got on actually and me and my buddy Mason Johnson, um, he, we were standing back there and we we're looking at the pens. And there's this, there's this great big son of a gun back there, big sorrel horse. And then there's just some average size horses. And there was this little bay horse. And I was like, I want that one. I want that little bay horse because, well, I figured it was a lot, you know, closer to the ground. <laughs> and uh, well, they run them in and they kind of just shoot pick them. And I remember, like, I go straight for that little bay. And I'm about to put my rigging on, and the guy comes up to me and he said, "Ah, no, son, you don't want to get on that one. She's on. She's been. She's unridden." And yeah. I was like, "He said you get on this big sorrel right here. He'll be just right for you." And I said, "No, <laughs> I was like, I, I want to get on this little guy right here." And uh, he's like, "No, get on that one." I was like, "But I think I'm gonna get on this one." And he, I ended up on that big sorrel, and he just lumbered down the pen and yanked the piss out of me, and. uh Land right on my back, knocks the air out of me, and I get up, and I was like, oh, shit. You know, that the drug just kicked in, yeah. and, you know, and from then Once on. Once you get on was, something big for the first time, like your mm-hmm. first big bull or your yeah. first big horse or something like that, it's it's super intimidating at mm-hmm. first. But then a, a lot of times, if it's good, especially at a practice pen, something big like that, it's, you know, a lot of times they're slower. Yeah. They're just a good, solid mm-hmm. Whereas you might get on something small and it's waspy and yeah. hard to ride and no for sure he know. actually turned out and just stood there for a minute which sucks that does, you know that always sucks like you're sitting there and yeah when you first get on a lot of people they hold their breath you know and it takes a minute to learn how to like actually breathe through your ride and he turns out and I just marked him out and he's just standing there and I'm like. I'm just hanging on for dear life, you know, and about the time I kind of relaxed, he just, boom, he took off and goes to bucking, and, and uh, or I, he really did, probably kicked over a snuff can, but a lot of forward <laughs> motion, though, yeah. and, uh, yeah, he wasn't nothing, probably for, actually perfect from, you know, the first thing I get on, and, uh, yeah. So you were hooked after that. Oh, boy, and, I mean. How many horses do you think you've been on at this point? Shoot, uh. You know, surely a thousand. I mean, yeah, I'd love, I would love to think a thousand. You're out of the hundreds. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on. I mean, 
especially if you think about like rodeo schools where you get on a bunch or yeah you're getting on yeah, like five a day yeah yeah the, well the cody knight rodeo i mean i the first year i went I th- for almost the whole three months i think i got on like every night dang near and um i've heard a lot of those those are the things to do. I, I didn't have anything like that around me, mm-hmm. but a lot of guys get good at those nightly rodeos, those yeah. nightly summer things. Yeah, it's that consistency, man. When, you, when you're getting on every day, for one, you know, we have a saying called being in riding shape because there's some muscles and stuff that, you know, you just don't You don't know work. they even exist yeah, until they're hurting. exactly. Yeah. And, like, all these neck muscles from trying to tuck your chin on a bareback horse – uh, when I'm out for a while, when I first come back, it, these muscles through here are just, I mean, because you don't work those in the gym very often, like, yeah. you know, um, and stuff. And and so, like, but getting on every single day, you're keeping your body in that riding shape or getting it to that point, keeping it in that shape. It's like a boxer, you know, they're going to they're gonna probably spar every day of training. Yep. And if you could do that and getting on nice horses – and that's the thing. Like, that's the way to do it. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched uh, Casey Fields' new uh, movie. I haven't yet, but I know what it's you're talking about. It's a great movie, man. It's really that great. That was so cool where they bucked that horse out oh, of the salt flats. Man, I got chills. I think I've watched that a hundred times. I, I looked at that photo when I first yeah. saw it. It was just the still shot. Yeah. And I was like, is that? And I was like, <laughs> that's got to be Photoshop. And not just like, a it horse. doesn't look Photoshop. Yeah, not just a horse, but. Uh, NFR horse, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And. Yeah, that, that I mean, was so cool. The I like I said, I got chills. And is it a documentary? Oh yeah. How yeah. long is it? It's it's kind of a. I felt like it was kind of a short film. Um, it's under thirty minutes. No, no, no. It's it might be an hour long. Oh, okay. I think. I mean, I'm not real sure. It seemed like it went way too way too fast. I wanted to just keep watching it. You know, that's how good I thought it was. Um, but I mean, Casey's the literally the best to ever do it. I mean, hands down, he's the best bareback rider to ever live. And um, no, I, honestly, I don't man. know anything much about bareback riding. It's the one I've never done. It's uh, and I don't want to. I always tell, yeah, I always tell people, you know, like riding bulls and riding saddle bronc horses. The ride itself, for the most part, is more of a dance, and then bareback riding is the bar fight. It, it, <laughs> it looks like a it bar is. fight. Yeah, it's just a struggle. Oh man. So, uh, besides all the bareback riding you got going on, and uh, there's a lot of other sides to you for sure. Uh, you're a good Instagram follow. I'll say that. <laughs> Thank what you. is your Instagram handle, by the way? Trey Taylor. Uh, I think it's like Trey T ninety one or something like that. Dude, why? Why make it confusing? <sighs> Was Trey Taylor taken or what? I think so. Oh, okay. yeah. I That's think an easy apparently one. Apparently, there's another. I hate when people put numbers. They probably I'm have like, like five followers, and <laughs> I'm dyslexic. And it seems like in, in numbers, I cannot. I have to look at it three times before I get it right. Yeah. So when people put numbers on their Instagram handles, oh, yeah. I always have the hardest time finding them. Uh, man, I tried everything, and I think there might be an underscore in there, so it worked. But uh, yeah, yeah. So um, you do a lot of leather work. I mean, that's kind of like yeah. your day job per se. Right? Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I, I uh, lone wolf leather. It's lone lone wolf leather underscore co, co or yeah. something like that. I don't even remember my own handles. <laughs> Maybe you should lone get that figured wolf, out. It's Lone Wolf Leather, leather underscore, underscore Co. That's it. Yeah, okay. yeah. That's my leather page. And uh, I just started it. So on my personal page, I I mean, I post everything there, too. So it's just a mix of leather, shitty singing, and bucking horses, you know, mm-hmm. and um, crazy good stuff times. you make. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Crazy, just whatever I feel like posting. You I mean, you're definitely an, an artistic person. You say autistic? You might be that. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely artistic, and uh, now I can't even say it without. (laughs) But your leather work, man, it's just awesome. Like the the stuff that you can you can put to leather and these belts and and chaps and all that stuff is really impressive. I appreciate it. I started doing uh, leather work. I, I guess I was fooling around with it. I worked for a guy named John Nagel riding Colts when I was. In high school, he had some cutting horses and whatnot. And in his garage, he had a handful of just stamps. And so I screwed around. I'm like, I, I've always been good at drawing and whatnot. So I was like, I bet I could do this, you know. And I really started I started messing around with those. And uh, all my friends were getting all these custom, they get custom belts and chaps and all kinds of stuff because their family could afford it. And, 
you know, my mom's single mom, I mean, we had to turn the stove on to keep us warm in the wintertime. Yeah. And uh, so I really couldn't afford the all the fancy stuff. And I was like, shit, I'm pretty sure I could just make this stuff, you know. So I started doing it just so I could have cool stuff and um, charging and then my buddies wanted some stuff, and I was like, oh, give me 20 bucks, you know, and how I didn't even have the right tools. I was carving it with, I was using butter knives and screwdrivers, anything that I could put a mark onto the leather, mm-hmm. and then I'd throw some paint on it, and um, yeah, and didn't even sew them up at first. I mean, I look back at some of the old belts, and I'm like, Jesus Christ, why would anyone even want one of these, you know? Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> with, with my motorcycle stuff, same thing. I'm yeah. like, who the hell would yeah. pay for that? Yeah, and uh so then, so that's going strong. Though. Yeah, yeah, it's it go, it's pretty dang good. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you can stay as busy as you want to be. Right? You can't for the most, yeah, for the most part. If you do if, good work, if you do good work, yeah, and and uh, yeah, that's the thing. I, I like, I'm very busy. I mean, I'm out. I'm, my books are pretty much closed. Uh, just because I'm, I just started back rodeo and everything, so I wanted to close my books. I'm already out till like May, or June on orders, so I was like, I want to better close now before I get you know too underwater here, <laughs> you know, because you can easily get just overwhelmed yes, with it. Same. Yeah, and then you you know, and then you got customers like, hey, I'm waiting on. And I'm just like, you don't realize how long it actually takes you to, especially like the stuff I do where I'm. I'm, you know, I'm putting artwork into trying to tell a story with a belt, you know, or whatever. Oh, so, yeah, it's very intricate. <sighs> but then also, they get their order, and they don't realize that there's 10, 12 other intricate orders before you even oh, get to yeah. theirs that got to be done. And I, you always think that you can get stuff done faster, and then life happens, yes. you know, and then it's like, or, you know, just... Yeah, someone just, asked you to be on the podcast, and now, yeah, yeah. Now you're not making a belt today. Yeah, exactly, and uh, you know, but how like well, I mean, I broke my back. I was out for I couldn't I couldn't be bent over a freaking leather table, you yeah. know, hunched over just uh, hammering away because how I couldn't even I had my back was in a brace and it just was almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And then when I could, it was like five minutes at a time, and I had to go lay down again because it just hurt hurt yeah and so that really really and i'm just now seeing the uh pretty much i i'm seeing the light from or i'm at the end of the tunnel i guess uh like i've already got through that but i was way behind but i got everything finally got everything uh caught up from last year and just all the craziness of last year and and uh you know, and now, yeah, I mean, I'm out till May already again, and that's why I was like, I'm gonna close these. I'm closing my books. I'm gonna get all these done. That's so, a and, smart move. Just yeah. To close, yeah, it's hard to turn down money, though. Man, it's hard to turn down money. It is, know? but it's money you're not even gonna get for a while. Like, yeah. you know, it's just too. Yeah. It's it's so far out. I I just like me personally. I like to stay on top of stuff. You know, yeah. I feel like it it makes things go a little bit faster when you don't. Mm-hmm. You don't have so much on your mind. You're like working on something thinking about 10 other yeah. projects you know well and i'm 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 probably technically not out till may but this time because i learned my lesson a little bit i was like i'm gonna tell people a lot farther out you know and that way you know i can give myself a little room just in case something does happen like i mean last year my sewing machine just completely shit out on me and so i was like that's a couple grand you You're know to buy water. another one yeah and so it was just and um so little things can get you just get you behind and whatnot and um but yeah i mean all caught up now and i've kind of uh because of the stuff i've been doing and i've been doing so much more like pictures putting pic like you know scenes and everything and little intricate stuff just since the time that i've known you i mean you were you were good at it when i first met you but like the stuff i'm seeing you put out now i'm like oh dang like you're starting to hit another level I think, man, I yeah, I'd like to. I kind of figured out a few other tools and techniques to, because I've always been good at drawing it down there, but trying to form it all. You know, I how I honestly my tools. There's most guys out there have better tools than me. I had this old saddle maker actually come over to my house, and he's like, "How are you doing this little stuff?" And he's like, "I want to come see the tools you got." And he shows up, and I, half of my tools are still Tandy tools, and mm-hmm. I've got one good Barry King beveler and a decent swivel knife. 
Um, actually, I didn't have a, a my swivel knife was pretty shitty too, and he actually gave me a decent <laughs> swivel knife, and because uh, he was just like, "How are you doing this little stuff with just with these tools you got? I just you know, make it work. You gotta make it work. You gotta, yeah." And so, um, but I learned some other tools and techniques, and uh, that's the cool thing about the leather. Uh, the leather world or whatever is that for the most part a lot of those guys out there are really good dudes if if you have any questions usually um you can message them and like they you know it's the it's, same with motorcycles too yeah. it's really cool it's yeah it's, i feel like that that age of holding in your secrets mm-hmm. is is dead and gone yeah you well, know i feel like that's kind of an old timer thing yeah small-minded sure. where well, if the other guy in town knows how I do stuff, then I'm going to go out of yeah. business. Where now it's everything's so widespread. Well, I've I've had customers that never even came to my state. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. And and, and especially you, you there's probably all, most of your customers oh, you probably never even meet. I nope. I've got I've sent stuff to Australia. I've got a guy in uh, Norway right now that um, I'm making some stuff for to send over there to him. And, uh, you know, that's the cool thing about Instagram is that uh, people from all over the world can see, come across you somehow. And um, yeah. and and then, you know, yeah, you can be making stuff for all sorts of people from and, and there's a lot of people that they're not even like country folks or anything. You know, they I've made stuff for guys that were straight up just like hippies and you know uh biker guys and stuff that mm-hmm. are you know because you just give me a theme and i can put it to a belt and make it like make it as western as you want or rock and roll as you want yeah. or whatever you know you made me a dog collar oh runner, yeah and then i pretty much was just like hey man just kind of do whatever you want yeah and uh you put a whole scene it was like <laughs> it was gunner and then it was there was some texas stuff in there and there was cactus and a road and a cowboy riding a motorcycle and all this on a little bitty yeah. dog belt yeah or and collar yeah yeah and that's you know a lot of people they you know they <laughs> usually people they'll they'll message me and they're like hey man i want you know, I want a coyote riding a turtle through space, smoking <laughs> a doobie, you know, like, and all this, like, intricate stuff. And they're like, I'm like, okay, what do you want it on? Oh, I want it on a half-inch dog collar. I'm like, <laughs> good luck. Uh, man, like, you, well, here's my price for that. And they're like, oh, I don't want to spend that much on a dog collar. And it's like, you do understand what you're asking me to do, right? Like, I do have to carve this stuff and make it pop out on little i have such little room if you asked it. a graphic designer to yeah. make that for you they would charge you 500 dollars. Oh, yeah and so it's like it's crazy to think that a guy that has to draw it by hand mm-hmm. then put it on leather and carve it by hand isn't yeah. gonna charge that much at least or more yeah it's like think about it yeah that's and, a lot of work and i mean you've seen when i do like even on that little bitty stuff i'm i I get in there and I'm like, I'm gonna put here's some pockets, you know, I'm gonna put on on these jeans or whatever, and just try to do. I try to. I feel like that's my niche though. Like that's where. That's why I have my customers is because I try to do go uh, you know above and beyond yeah. with the tiny details on all that stuff, and um, yeah. Who's your favorite <laughs> leather worker? Man, that is that's pretty hard. Uh, there's so many guys out there right now that are just phenomenal. Who, com- who comes to mind? Who's like, man, like name a couple. Uh, well, Ty Skyver does, and he does. They all do. These guys all do their own. They have their own style about you know, stuff. And Ty, like he's Ty Skyver, he makes boots and shaps. I think most of the top fifteen are riding in his shaps. And he, uh, what is his? Uh, What's his business name? Uh, you can find him on Instagram. It's just Skyver Boots. Okay. Uh, I believe. And, um, yeah. I mean, and I've got a pair of their boots. Uh, they are very, very comfortable. And, um, but. What do his boots start at? What's his start I'm price? not, I'm not real sure. I'm not real sure prices. Because uh, I know a lot of his stuff, a lot of it is custom stuff. So, I mean. Um, Eight, 800 up, something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I'm up. not real sure. That's for like a basic. Yeah. What do you got there? 
Oh, cool. So yeah, they range about from eleven hundred to thirty five hundred. So I mean, but yeah, the tooling, the tooling he does, he and he does really cool images, and he's got he throws in like bucking horses and I mean you name it into them and like just and he goes I mean he goes beyond the same way that's why he's these guys are so great it's because they go above and beyond like his shaps he hand he cut hand cuts his own buck stitch and like mm. everything himself and he buck stitches like every pair of shaps he does because do a and lot of just, guys do like a CNC type thing where it cuts everything no how do they if all besides hand. hand cutting it how, yeah. how does anyone else do it I'm not sure everyone I know just hand cuts everything everything's just hand cut because a lot of the the like the mainstream leather work you see that's going to be on Instagram that's like wallets and like you know uh eye watch bands mm -hmm. like that kind of stuff um you know a lot of times they'll promote it it's like oh it's it's hand stitched or it, yeah. whatever which it is but yeah, it's that. all cut out on a CNC machine yeah like everything's laser cut and then it's stitched together yeah and then that's it man i don't know anyone that use that's the thing is like when it comes to leather work you can go you can have machines like that but i think that's where the um that's where the money's at that's actually actually <laughs> because yeah. those guys are making 20 wallets when yeah. you're making one yeah but and then they're selling them but for damn near what you're selling yours for it's yeah. crazy probably so man. as I, i've been like going uh -huh. from the western world leather work yeah and being around saddle shops and like you know in high school i had a custom pair of shaps made yeah. and it was real intricate intricate and then you know going into the the more urban type leather work yeah. i guess i could put it that way yeah, yeah. the goods like kind of stores um their their stuff is is great and the quality is mm -hmm. great but I'm like so used to so much more like detail, yeah. oh, and so yeah. much more hand done well, stuff. And I think, well, in leather work, man, like I think a, there's a big part of it. And being an artist, like, is doing every step by hand, except for I do not believe in sewing by hand because screw that. <laughs> yeah, I do not. Well, these I do not the sew way, by hand. You get they, a machine. <laughs> the way they do it, it's uh, the holes are cut. Yeah. So yeah, you, you had to knock the needle the holes. through a hole. Mm -hmm. You're not actually oh. having to push through it. Oh no, I know. And screw that. Yeah. 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 You can literally it's than it you looks, can huh? sew something up in 30 seconds, or you can spend an hour doing it. And uh, you know, I mean, I know guys that sew by hand. Um, one sitting over here, but uh, oh, not, not anymore. Not, not anymore. Oh no, Luke. Now. But Luke sews by hand a lot of stuff, and I'm like, screw that, man. Like I, I'd rather, but. But, like, I'd rather put, yeah, I'd rather just have a machine do that part of it. But other than that, I wouldn't use any kind of machine to, you know, even if, I mean, it'd be cool to have a clicker where it just, you know, uh, with molds and stuff or whatever that you could cut out wallets just with a machine and all that. But at the same time, there's just something about doing it by hand and just everything with a knife and that, um... I think goes back to like the real craftsmanship of of leather work. A hundred percent, and you know, I'm seeing those like if if you, how much will you charge for like a wallet, like a basic wallet? Uh, usually I run my wallets just my bifolds with a money clip in the middle, pocket on each side, and I can put pretty much whatever you want on each side. Uh, usually they run anywhere depends on what you're wanting on it. If you just want something basic, or if you want something, you know, say a, something a basic, scene, probably like 150, 200 bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, because a lot of these other companies are uh -huh. making stuff that aren't tooled at all. It's all yeah. laser cut, and they're like 350, 400. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, and that everyone that, that's always not tells personalized me. at all. That's yeah. not even your initials on the. Well, thing. everybody, and that's I no, always it's super I've, high quality leather. Mm -hmm. It's super high quality materials. I have one of those wallets. Uh, yeah. that was given to me with this company I worked with. And, dude, this sucker is tough as hell. Mm -hmm. I've had it for years and years, and it wears well, really I nice. I had such a hard time because I came from, you know, I was make, doing leather work because I couldn't afford to buy Well, and stuff. what's hard, too. So it's hard for me to charge. Like, yes. And I everyone tells me, and so I've went up on my prices. My wallets have been there. They pretty much just stayed there. 
but like my belts and stuff, you know, I've went up on my prices and like somebody had a good, uh, my girlfriend actually had a good point. She's like, you need to go up on your prices. She's like, then you can take in less orders and you can spend more time putting in all the D and really focusing yeah, on gas to it. Gas isn't mm-hmm. $2, $2 I, a gallon anymore yeah, either. Yeah. Neither, you know, milk isn't exactly. so much either. Like everything has gone up yep. and you know, you, you have to make more. Oh yeah. But I would, I would encourage you to look at, at some of that, look at some of these bigger, mm-hmm. more like mainstream leather. Yeah. Kind of work companies and see see how much they're charging yeah. but here's the other problem with that is there's 20 other dudes right behind you on instagram that'll do that wallet for 150 yeah. bucks well and that's I'm and at maybe the, the it, maybe it won't be <laughs> as intricate as yours but like a lot of times the consumer doesn't even yeah. really notice notice the difference. yeah well and that's the thing like i'm at the point now i feel like in my leather work that if i like that's okay. Like I have people come to me if they don't want to pay my prices or whatever. And they go, this person doing it. I'm like, cool. Like I'm, you know, go, go have them do it. I, like that's awesome. And, and, and that's how you should be. And, and yeah. you know, then you start getting the people that really appreciate your style. Exactly. Right. You know, the stuff that you do and they will as pay. an individual and they will pay. Mm-hmm. And those are the customers you really want. Anyways, you want those people that like will really appreciate it. And are like, no, take your time on it. You know, you ain't got to rush it out. Excuse me. So do you think that there is more people getting into this kind of leather work? Or is it because now there's Instagram and social media and you just see more of what's going on? I think I think just this day and age, there's so everybody want, is wanting to work for themselves. You know, mm. every you're seeing that just way more nowadays. Well, it's and way I easier think to it's, you have the tools. It's yeah. The, well, anyone, anyone is, is international now. Yeah. And well, and I feel like, but with Instagram and everything, uh, with social media and especially Instagram, I think, you know, that has given people, people see this and they see somebody else like, Oh, they're starting a business. They're just, they're building, you know, leather stuff. They're doing silver work, whatever. Like, man, I could, I think I could do that. I get out of this job I freaking hate and, you know, maybe be happy, which so everyone should do. I mean, that, you know, he, he should, that's the key in life. Just find your happiness. And so, like, I feel like a lot more people are searching for that and realizing through social media, they're seeing so much of, they're like, man, a lot of people are doing this and it seems like it's working for everyone, but I could do it too. And so, yeah, there, I remember when I started doing leather work, I knew a couple leather guys, and um, and that was really it. And but Instagram wasn't really even a thing back then. Yeah. And then now, man, now I swear everybody does leather work. I yeah. know. I <laughs> Everyone. That's what I see. Uh-huh. Uh, my the my first um, insight into the kind of leather work that you're doing, real intricate, mm-hmm. hand drawn stuff. Uh, but, you know, growing up, everything was just floral. Yeah. You know, yep. every everything basket floral, stamped or yeah. floral, yeah, exactly, and then and then the old you know, Sheridan style, one font yeah. of letter. Well, you're seeing more. So you have you have two kinds of leather guys, in my opinion. So you have you have your leather crafters that are really good, and you'll find more. Um, You'll find more in like like saddle like saddle shop people that are more saddle builders. A lot of times are more. They're more in that, and they can tool really nice and everything. And they do like they tool, you know, badass old the Sheridan style, the flowers and floral and everything, and tool awesome. But then you're starting to see a whole group of guys that are coming that are more of the artist. They're just learn how to put it a to leather instead of, of a canvas. And there's the, you're seeing a, there's a lot there's the so first, many guys out there. Dustin Loftus, the Dusty Hide House, I think is what it is. Yes, dude, guy does phenomenal little that little intricate stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, like yeah, him, Sam Stewart, he uh, he's does badass like floral stuff. He don't do a whole lot of scenes and everything. But those guys, you know, like you're starting to see people that are more artists, and they're just instead of putting it to canvas, we're putting it. To leather my f- first time i saw leather work like that was my my friend i grew up with uh caleb hilton you know caleb oh yeah no caleb is one he's like one of the ogs for okay sure. see and that was always yeah. my thought mm-hmm. i was like 
he's the first one Man. that I saw ever do the paint uh, and yeah traditional yeah. style tattoo artwork on the exactly. leather exactly yep. and then he also yep. started he was the first one I saw do graffiti mm-hmm. style artwork oh dude they love those and, graffiti letters and, and they look really cool they do look leather. cool and he as a kid he was always well, the one when we were out at dinner with our parents after a rodeo or something like that he was always drawing on a napkin mm-hmm. constantly nonstop yeah. and uh, so he was the first person I ever saw do anything like that. And, um, you know, as Instagram's just gotten bigger and bigger, I see it all the time now. And I'm like, am I seeing it because it was there all along? Yeah. Or I I think there's a couple of guys that pi- probably pioneered that type of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like Caleb. Caleb's, and then everyone jumps on yeah, the yeah. bandwagon. Yeah. And, and, and which is fine. I mean, that's just how things work. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But I know they, it. I think it bothered him to a point where he stepped away from it. For yeah. A while because yeah. He's no, like, everything I that. do just gets, gets replicated. Copied. Yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, myself, I've seen, um, I've 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 seen stuff that like ideas that I came up with too, you know, and then I, I see it somebody else put it to work on on a different thing, and I'm like, hey, I was like, I see what you did there. That yeah. that's you know that yeah. was my that what I came up. But at the same time, is, and no matter what you're doing. If you're doing it good, you're gonna get copied. I mean, that's when right. you know you're doing it good. Yeah. You're you're gonna people are gonna try to mimic that because I mean, yeah, yeah. it's awesome. And, and everybody starts mimicking somebody. Yeah, well, they all start mm-hmm. out that way, and yeah. then as you you grow your skill, then you then you can start to get innovative. Yeah. I think there's some people that will never get innovative, but I think s- there's those people that, all right, you got to start somewhere. You yeah. got to be looking at someone's work somehow, and then you gain the skill. And then if you have the imagination, you can start innovating yeah. and create something yeah. of your own. That's, that's someone else's got a copy, and that's going to yep. be their starting point. Yeah, you know? exactly. Uh, so it's just, but yeah, it's Caleb just, is, uh, yeah, I think hands down was probably the OG really? of, of it. Uh, yeah, I can't think off the that's top of That's kind of what head, I've always thought. And like I said, I, I second-guessed yeah. that once I started seeing the overwhelming amount. I was like, maybe there's a few other guys that were doing that. I think two, there might have been one. There might have been one or two. I I'm just gonna can't get him on, on at some point. Yeah, and like I want to talk. Oh, he's about great, all man. I I don't know that. I don't even know if we've actually met in person, but we've bullshitted on Instagram and whatnot. Oh, he's a cool guy, man. Super nice guy. His yeah. whole family, yeah. they're awesome. Yeah, they all. There's like four generations that are there. Oh no, kidding. At, at their, uh, they all live on the same property. And his brother's uh, uh, Josh Hilton has the Hilton Bull Company, mm-hmm. and uh, I think that he's partners with. Um, Maybe Crooked Horn fighting bulls, huh. and then uh, he's raising his own bulls, and now he's got some sort of position in the ABBI oh, nice. stuff as well. That's so. that's another thing that's you know uh, you're you're seeing so many more uh, like everyone has bucking bulls nowadays. Oh, I swear, it's crazy. everyone, yeah, everyone's raising bucking bulls. It's like he's they. Huh. I watch their Instagram, and I mean every every young bull that they got out there is back in the latch. I mean, yeah. Every, kicking over their head. Everything's every, turning back in the latch. Dude. Every yeah. single one of those suckers is it's in crazy. the latch, kicking over yeah. their head, and they're like two years old. I'm just, yeah, I'm glad or, that the, the horse guys took notes from the bull guys because they've been doing like the the buck and bull futurities and stuff and, and that kind of really getting into those bloodlines and breeding for years in the bulls. But in the buck and horses, it's kind of been just, uh, it's there, but it's not really... And then the last, I feel like the last probably 10 years, they've stepped up their game. And now, like, everywhere you go, that's why, like, when you watch the NFR or, or something, you're what seeing. Are the big people? It's like Sackett and Sackett's uh, one of them, right? For what? Uh, uh, horses. Oh, horse. Man, I mean, there's, there's you, you have guys that just. I thinking the wrong name. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I remember. There's, like, a few yeah, of those but, contractors that are real known for. Yeah, horses. well, and a lot of those there's guys out there that are just raising, kind of like the bucking boys that are they'll they're raising these bucking horses and breeding them and stuff, and then selling to these big stock contractors or buying them from. But um, I mean, all those guys have stepped up their game now. You know, uh, there's man, the the amount of great bucking horses out there now is just. Where it used to, you show up to a rodeo, you might get on a runoff, you might get on trash, you might, any more, I mean, you, you still might have that, you know, because horses, they, they're horses, they, they have their off days and stuff, but I feel like nowadays, the pen's definitely a lot even, more even than it's ever been, and I think the horses are greater than they've ever been, which, I mean, the contestants are too, you know, but. Yeah, that's something I need, I, I need to learn more about, I mean, I've always 
been involved in rodeo somewhere somehow, but I really don't know too much about it to be honest, especially yeah. when it comes to the breeding and oh yeah, and what how all that's going now. Um, let's talk a little bit about your music. Shoot, what music? <laughs> uh, you you play guitar and sing, and you kind of post up all oh, over the place. And yeah, yeah, I, man, I really don't think that I sing worth a darn, but I just I enjoy it. It makes me happy, and so I'm like. Here you go. You can listen That's to it. If it makes you happy, you know, then cool. Well, you know, maybe it'll make somebody else happy. But do, do you have anything stuff recorded? Or? No, no. But I've have I've got some songs and stuff I've wrote, and people uh, I've met a lot of friends that are like, man, you need to come to the house and come record that. We got the stuff. We can, you know. And I just never have. I'm like, oh, let me get some more songs figured out. And or, it's always so, like, I, it needs to be perfect. It needs to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. And then it's never and, perfect. And so I know how you mean. I hell, I I feel like I barely play too much anymore. Uh, but I just, you know, I'll go pick at the Greenwood Saloon and Toller or in Bluffdale uh, mm -hmm. on Sundays. They have a pick and circle there. Uh, there and. Where's the saloon at? Cause Bluffdale's like awesome. tiny. It's tiny, yeah. So you but have it's super cool looking mm -hmm. little spot. You have uh, Will Fong's. Uh, it's a deer processing place, and during yep. the summer they have awesome crawfish and Cajun food. Oh, really? They Cajun serve shack. food there. Yeah, okay. it's a BYOB. You bring beer, sit outside, and just I mean, eat cra crawfish, crab. I mean, you name it. But. Um, there's, so there's a bar? Is that across and then the you road? Go, it's behind it. So that's oh, there's it. a little road right mm -hmm. there, and you just you turn right there, and uh, you drive back, and it's the coolest little saloon in Texas. I mean. Is it part of that big warehouse that's in there? No. there's like a big warehouse that's right there, right? Uh, there is a kind of, there's a little, yeah, there's a warehouse, I think, behind Will Fong's. But, but it's a separate building. But, yeah, it's on down kind of by the railroad tracks, and um, it's. I'm going to stop in there next time. Literally, you can see through the walls. I mean, it's a cool old building and they moved it over there i don't know when but it's uh just a real chill place and you have you might go there on a sunday and there might be five musicians and then you might go there and there might be 20 and mm. with different instruments and everybody just jamming out having a great time it's like and what lukenbach used to yeah be. exactly it's right exactly that's what it is and um yeah that was my favorite place when i was living in texas uh, every Sunday, that was just kind of my thing. I'd go there, and that's where I played my music. And um, you know, every now and then, if there's an open mic or something, I'll go play a little Step bit. In. And uh, at rodeos, behind the shoots, yeah, exactly, time kind of thing. Yeah, exactly, or whatever. And I write a few songs here and there, and half the time I forget them. And <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I'm like, they're written down somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah. You gonna get a motorcycle again? Yes, I plan on having one by the spring. I just got to win some rodeos first. <laughs> was that XS? You won the XS in a drawing, right? Or was that Caleb? No, that was Caleb. I was trying to buy that XS. You bought a basket case XS, I right? did. That was yeah. just in pieces. Yeah, and uh, I called you and bugged the shit out of you for information because I knew That's nothing fine. about bikes. And uh, it was funny because uh, when I got that, well, back to that other one, I actually, I was going to buy this XS. and uh, From Caleb? Uh, no, from this guy. And I was going to head down there like the next day. And then he messaged me like before I get in my car. And he's like, man, I'm just going to raffle it off. Oh, and that's then right. Caleb won it. And I'm Our like, you already have a bike. Let me buy it from you. He's like, nah, I'm going to keep it. And I was like, he let me ride it a couple times. I've ridden that bike. My buddy Miles has got yeah. it now. Yeah, I've seen it. It's right? blue. I've seen it change uh -huh. colors like four times oh man yeah it definitely has <laughs> that bike has been around yeah but and then but then yeah i i uh i found a bike out of oklahoma and yeah just a basket case and um and uh man i remember the day that i got it running uh well we made it a straight kicker and uh mm -hmm. with no battery and and i remember uh luke and caleb caleb kept telling me he was going to help me work on it um, but he was working on his bike too so he really wasn't, and I was like, I'm not waiting around for you. I'm just going to – I'll tackle it. I uh, got on YouTube. You bit and off a lot. You. Yeah. You bit off a lot, but you got it running. Yeah, it was funny because Caleb got his back running, and Luke was there, and then I was like, screw it. I was like, here we go, guys, and I kicked it, and it started up, and, I mean, it shocked me, shocked everybody. They're like, holy <laughs> shit, you did it. I was like, I don't know how I did it, but it, figured it I out. figured it out, you know. And you painted and, uh, it like a Coors original. Yeah. Painting. Well, I found I painted it that color because I found a Roy Rogers lunchbox and I made it. So I used that and put it under the seat and made it. Uh, the made battery it, box, the, right? Uh, or yeah, for the um, electronics. The, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I put my kill, I drilled holes into this antique freaking Roy Rogers lunchbox mm -hmm. and uh, made it where my switches were and everything and got it running. And as soon as I got it running, and I was like, man, I want a Harley. And so I was mm -hmm. like, hey. And so I, was, I just uh, I posted it uh, to sell it, and it sold like super fast, got the money, and was going to buy a bike, but then, you know, all the pandemic stuff hit and i was like i might want to hang on to this money for a minute and luckily yeah. i did because it i needed it and yeah haven't had a bike since and i then you, you had guys, a van for a bit oh yeah I had a cool you were living van. in your van and, yeah and you made yeah it, do you still have that thing <laughs> no i sold it the 10 miles to the gallon and it oh, was it'll kill killing you. me because i drove it to montana and back and all over and uh i got up there and it's rear wheel drive it was uh and on snow and icy like roads. like a G20 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I Chevrolet? Can't no, it was a Dodge. Oh, it was no, a no, Dodge. It was a, it was okay. a Dodge Ram van. Uh, B1500. B1500, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, put all wood. It was all cedar in the inside. Had a chuck box and had my leather, my sewing machine. I could tool leather out of it, sleeping. Had a little canvas-like tent thing. Yeah, I took out. my bedroll apart and used the canvas for an awning that came off the side that i could stake down i had five foot long horns on the hood and a rack on the cool, top man. Dude, i love it that van cool. i'm getting another one i'm selling my car right now and I'm, I'm not not as old i'm gonna get a newer one but i'm gonna get another van and uh yeah do it up so i can do my leather on the road while i'm rodeoing you, you know. lived uh you lived in that thing for a couple months right yeah pretty much i mean i like and i said crashing at friends houses yeah and just parking yeah. at random places yeah i got it up to montana went up there and um i Pretty much drove up there and uh, met the girl I'm dating now, Caitlin, and we uh, I just really never left for a few months, and it was so cold up there. Hell, it was like negative 25 or something, oh, and crazy. and so I didn't even, when I was up there, I was like, oh, I can't sleep in this sucker. The, no. like my gas lines froze up, yeah. and I, so I was like stuck at her place for for like a month. Very <laughs> terrible. It's terrible to be stuck at a yeah. good-looking girl's right, house right, right, right. in the yeah. winter when she I, has central air. I know. Terrible. I lucked out for sure, but uh, I... Uh, I bet she had yeah. stuff in the fridge too, didn't Dude, she? Dude, she did. She did. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, always had, there was always beer in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> I need that. I guess I got to go to somewhere with bad weather mm -hmm. to, to get something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. With bad weather, you got to always have beer in the fridge. You know. So, yeah. Don't know if you make it to the store, but <laughs> true. But yeah, so I yeah that van was man, it was all. It's actually around Austin here. There's a it's guy really that bought it and is driving it around. All converted old vans are in austin oh, it I know. seems like they're yeah. all here yeah for sure so no, but, but I, a newer one is the way to go i mean yeah. it's expensive but you know you can get something that gets 15 miles to the yeah, gallon and, exactly and you can cruise 80 miles an hour down yeah. the highway yeah that was the biggest problem when i took to montana for one the wind's always blowing from wyoming to montana and so i get on uh 25 in colorado and excuse me and um pretty much from raton new mexico to all the way up to uh, Billings, the wind, I had a headwind on me, and I got, I couldn't do over 55 mi miles an mm -hmm. hour, and I got, uh, yeah, like 10 miles of the gallon or something crazy yeah. like that. Well, all Luke's trucks, he, he was getting five. Oh, yeah, th that's it a piece, man, I've. I tell you what, I wouldn't even care if I owned that thing. <laughs> he just knows he only would he would drive it to the bar, and he's like, "I know I'm gonna have to spend ten dollars just to drive it to the bar in town." Yeah, you can only buy one beer at the bar because all your money's going to the fuel. Hey, you said it went up in fuel mileage recently, right? It went to about seven miles of the gallon. Yeah, yeah. Nice. All right, so it's a little it's a little cheaper to go to the bar right now. Yeah. I think sick though. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I feel that's. That's why I'm so thankful for my Dodge, that D350 with that mm -hmm. 12 Alp Cummins. It's like reasonable fuel mileage. Yeah. And uh, I want to get one of those uh, Capri campers for it. That would be sweet. You know, maybe yeah. not that goes over the cab, but just, just one. I can box. throw it on my yeah. flatbed. Yeah, that'd be cool. And uh, when I want it, mm -hmm. you know, and That's still pull a bumper pull trailer and haul bikes. Man, I thought about going that route to a rodeo out of like truck and Capri, and I'm like, man, right now. Uh, it's, it's cheaper to get a to get a van than it those is. Campers are, those I didn't campers are. Those campers are. Oh man! And uh, but I want that look. I know. I mean, they don't. They look the same yeah. as they did in the nineties. Oh yeah, it's just so cool. It would look. Yeah, it would. Those would be awesome. But man, there's something about a van 
Man, you just feel cool when you're driving in a van. They are cool. They're cool, yeah. Especially man, I would get catcalled by chicks all the time yeah. in Like, I've had people a lot make, of... People make van jokes all the time about <laughs> being creepy, but girls like vans, They man. still they get s- inside yeah, of them. They still get inside of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, I started collecting photos. Like, every gig yeah. we go to, every little camp out, uh, every time there was a group of girls <laughs> in the van, I'd, I'd take a photo. I, we were, like, making a photo book yeah. and just to show our friends, especially... Those friends that are driving those nice BMWs. It's oh, like, oh, yeah. cool. I, it's cool that you can fit one girl in there. I was yeah. like, look at look this. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to see this $2,000 van. Yeah. And we just roll through the book yeah. of beautiful women yeah. that are just having a great time in yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. It's, you can just party in one. Oh, man. They're literally, like, people want to, they just want to hang out in it. Like, I'll be, like, over at somebody's house and we end up just sitting in the van drinking. And then, like, why yeah. are we, you yeah. have, like, a bar at your house. Why are we sitting in my van, <laughs> you know? And, I went but to a bar this one time, cool. and we are all hanging out in there, and then it's like, yeah. hey, let's go to the van and smoke, and then next thing you know, like, we had some drinks out there, and we spent the next yeah. two hours in there. Just part, oh, we didn't man. even go back into the bar. We just stayed in the parking lot, mm-hmm. and it was fun, dude. Oh, man, like, people, yeah, people loved my van, man. I park it. Uh, Yours look cool. Mine yeah. always looked pretty raunchy like yeah. oh i had one were, of those too i had a raunchy white van that was like a old work van i was trying to uh convert first off mm-hmm. uh before that one and yeah i totally get that it was well they're cheaper cool. man you can get yourselves mm-hmm. a conversion van like one of those regency vans yeah. that's like early 2000s for the same price that you can get one of those cooler looking g20s yeah. or something like that oh, yeah. That's, you know, it's worse fuel mileage and less room, and mm-hmm. I don't know. I've always gone that route, like, for band stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've got my eyes on one of those, uh, I think it's a, oh, it's a 1500 Dodge Ram van, but it's got the the ones that have the little extended roof top That's what mine had, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I, I found a black one out of, the, like, like fiberglass worth. top yeah. that's on yep. it, and you can kind of stand up and there. So I'm hoping, I'm like, I need to... Yep, if I can get my car sold this week, I'm gonna get up there if that van don't sell and get me a van. Cause I was when I left Los Fresnos, I'm like, I'm right here by Padre Island, by everything, and I was like, man, I really want to go just exactly. I want to go park that sucker, you know, down by the river, you know, or or down by the beach or down by somewhere, you know. I want to park that sucker and just just sleep in it. And uh, I did that not too long ago. I mean, I just sold that van. Um, but I took it down to Mustang Island and had a little can did the same thing you did, had the canvas yep. tent out and left the doors open and I just oh, left man. there for a couple nights, had a girl out there. I almost we went to Mustang time. Island actually after Los Fresnos and it was a little windy and stuff and a little cold and I just had my car. So it's like if I had my van, I would definitely it's do it. It's way more comfortable, yeah. man. And then it, you know, yeah. you got the bed already there. And oh yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. nice. I had a little camp grill in there, like a little, like you could pull this little drawer out and it was and set up it was set up yeah the on the door it had a uh, like a chuck box like from an old school chuck wagon kind of deal and then you just pull and it just out and it's a table pop it down it's a tabletop i had on my it was pretty much just full of salsa but uh i like my salsa so I had granny salsa in there and uh yeah man that thing you was need awesome. to do that again but I'm with something it. that's like practical yeah. enough to hit the road yeah for that band that i've got my eye on and i found a few of them just like it but yeah they they get more around 15 16 on the highway that's perfect and um yeah and i mean i've that's the thing is i've i've got a couple sponsors i think lined up for this year uh little belt uh cattle company up in montana and stuff and they uh when you you know if i with sponsors to go to rodeos it definitely helped helping you get down the road you can afford to haul and you know something like that and whatnot and right i can i'll be able to do my leather work also you can work you, right so, you don't have to hustle back to get home exactly to do the work, and then I can, you don't always have to have a hotel yeah, i can park that sucker by the beach and imagine just doing leather work on the beach i mean that's like yeah and then go shit. from there to the next road yeah. like you don't have park to, it down by the river dude all right i know i want to let's go work on a van let's right go now. get a van yeah <laughs> yeah so how can uh <laughs> how can people keep up with you oh man uh yeah my my uh, Instagram is where I post most of my stuff. I, I still post on Facebook, mostly for family and stuff. But my uh, Facebook, I mean, my Instagram handle is Trey underscore T91, T-R-E-Y. Um, and then my leather page is Lone Wolf Leather underscore Co. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, you can find me there and come listen to my horrible singing and uh, <laughs> right, see what dude. I'm getting into. Thanks so. for coming. Let's refill. Yes, sir. Yeah, let's get another. All right. All right. Adios. <laughs>